0: Greetings and welcome to episode 244 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly news and culture podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander, joined this week by a barcode on a t shirt, Mr. Daffy Moody.
1: Swing! It's Friday. You know what that means,
0: ladies and gentlemen. What does that mean? What does that mean this Friday, Moody? What does that mean? What What, what, what? Mean? what do I mean when it, why I say it? It's fr- oh, no, we've we've done the thing why oh. you said it. I want to know specifically. It's Friday. You know what that means.
1: <laughs> it's it's an Amy and Moody gaming podcast.
0: Games aren't they great. When we
1: don't talk about games. We talk about how fucked up the industry is sometimes. If not, most
0: of the time. (laughs) Isn't it great how video games just have no politics assigned to them, ever? Like, no video game has ever been political in any way.
1: Not at all.
0: Never. Ever. Never. Never. It's never happened. If it had happened, they would have said so. But they keep saying it's not. So it hasn't. I'm fucking sick of this shit. (laughs) We haven't even gotten into it. We will, though. How are you?
1: I'm alright, right. All so-so, but a uh, week's been relaxing for the most part,
0: that's good, I've played the most relaxing game I've ever played where I've also blown myself up, so, oh is there's that the
1: good. one you told me about today, yeah, yeah I've installed it as well, I might have a
0: crack at it, it's pretty fun, it's pretty chill, you just, yeah, that's we'll, good. we'll talk about it on Monday, Definitely. it's on Monday, you know what that means slash impressions of video
1: games. We actually talk about video games.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Start a whole podcast to talk about video games because video games rarely come up in a a news and culture podcast about video games. That's not true. Like, we're talking about a video game first. (laughs) Like. Are we talking about the video game or are we talking
1: about the idiotic response to the video game? (laughs) I mean, I'll be talking about video game. (laughs) I don't know about you. Um, Oh, I can say right now, I'm leaving. This is Amy. I'm leaving not to you. I'm staying out of the way of this. I'm just going to let you do your thing, Amy. And I'm just going to say, I agree.
0: (laughs) Just drop my mic and just walk in. I agree. I I need to end it (laughs) with something I know you don't agree with. Just, uh... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to so see you can get me not to do that, just so I can get you to say something else, and I'd be like, Ha, ah, chaos theory, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> and I'll be like, I mostly agree with that statement, except that final part, of what she did just <laughs> piss me off with.
0: <laughs> i do something to intentionally annoy you. I feel like, I feel like that's slander, Moody. I feel hurt by that. Like, good, good. <laughs> I would never do that. That's. I'll see you in court But before that this We've got to do a video game podcast <laughs> <laughs> And in this week's episode We discuss Six days at Fallujah I'm just going to leave it there This week's Nintendo Direct More Google Stadia Tomfoolery Isn't that a great word? Tomfoolery I felt good when I wrote it down Especially when it's when it's talking about Google's theater. Tomfoolery. Tom gets besmatched, I think. Whoever the tom was who was named who this was named after. Because in my head someone coined the, the term tomfoolery about someone called Tom. Probably did, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And, and more. Because there's more than just those three things. There are timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcasts they will also be, like, timestamps there. I don't know if you can do what you do on YouTube, where you just click on them and it finally goes boop, and then you're at that part. I don't know if that's a thing. If you timestamp them properly, then yes, it does.
1: I can confirm that. Properly, you so. mm-hmm. <laughs> say. Well, it'll, it'll come up with, like, sectioned-off parts of the I don't... stream on YouTube, so you can just click on it, it'll go straight to the story.
0: This is very much, for me, fire and forget where I just you know, I put the podcast in the places where it's supposed to go and then forget about it. <laughs> I've never been to the Spotify page or the the iTunes page since, you know, I saw them and confirmed oh. that they existed. Um and then I just go, cool, that's that's that done. I don't even think about that anymore. i um, why why would I listen to my own podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do this? Why
1: are you tell me? I'll do it.
0: <sighs> you know what? This dice is always on a. It's always on a twenty. Today, mm-hmm. in honor of our first news story, I'm gonna put it on a one. Critical failure. Let's talk about. Six days in Fallujah, <laughs> critical failure. Uh, six days in Fallujah, publisher, not trying to make a political commentary on Iraq War. You know, I know you don't like it, but you know you've seen The Office, the American version. No, or like a GIF or a clip. You've definitely seen GIFs because I've definitely yeah, it. Yeah. And like there's Jim, the character in The Office, he's, he's he's the guy who always like reacts and looks at the camera. He does. He jims the camera. It's a, it's a term, and like sometimes in my life, when I read something, or I like, I'm, I'm, or like, I'm, I'm reading something, or I hear something, or I'm watching something, and it's so monumentally stupid. Like I honestly feel like just looking at the invisible camera, like that's documenting my life, and just being like, okay, then. Like sometimes I just, sometimes I think we're all Jim. Don't know why that came into my head. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just trying to pad the time. Up. <laughs> this is from Tom ivan over at Video Games Chronicle. He writes, Six days in Fallujah publisher, Victor has said it's not attempting to make, quote, a political commentary, end quote, about the Iraq war with the upcoming game. I'm trying I'm I'm going to get through this without saying anything. I'm going to save it all again. <laughs> Might need a new Chromebook by the end of this. Recently confirmed for release in 2021, after years out of the spotlight, the long in development PC and console game <clears throat> aims to tell the story of the Second Battle of Fallujah, which took place in 2004, from the perspective of the American troops fighting the Iraqi insurgents as well as members of the city's civilian po- uh, the city's civilian population. First-person shooter military, military gameplay will make up 90% of the action, with the other 10% revolving around a parallel storyline in which players take on the role of an unarmed Iraqi father attempting to get his family out of the city. At no point do players assume the role of an insurgent. Quote, For us as a team, it is really about helping players understand the complexity of urban combat, Victor's CEO, Peter Tamty claimed in an interview with Polygon. It's about the experiences of that individual that is now there because of political decisions. And we do want to show how choices that are made by policymakers affect the choices that a Marine needs to make on the battlefield. Just as that Marine cannot second-guess the choices by the policymakers, we're not trying to make a political commentary about whether or not the war itself was good or a bad idea. End quote. Over 100 marines, soldiers, and Iraqi civilians who were present during the Second Battle of Fallujah are said to have shared their personal stories, photographs, and video recordings with the title's development team. While the game will present these stories through original documentary interview footage, Tamti said six days in Fallujah won't cover the controversial use of white phosphorus and depleted uranium munitions by US forces during the battle. Quote, There are things that divide us, and including those really divisive things, I think, distracts people from the human stories that we can all identify with. I'm getting angry. (laughs) Brave, brave. Do you want me to take over? No, it's fine. I'll start from the, the beginning of that quote. There are things that divide us, and including those really divisive things, I think, distracts people from the human stories that we can all identify with. I have two concerns with including phosphorus as a weapon. Number one is that it's not a part of the stories that these guys told us. Of course it's not. So I don't have an authentic factual basis on which to tell that. That's most important. Number two is I don't want sensational types of things to distract from the part of that experience. End quote. Six Days in Fallujah was originally scheduled to be published by Konami over a decade ago, but the publisher pulled out in 2009 due to the controversial nature of the game, the smartest decision it's made in the last 11 years. That was me, not the article. Which attracted criticism from several quarters, including military veterans and anti-war groups. Tamte, who has been attached to the game since its earliest days, told Polygon, quote, Almost all the outrage I've heard are from people who were not in Fallujah, I think we live in a culture I think we live in a culture where we feel the responsibility to defend people whether they want to be defended or not on social media and I am sure that there are people who are in Fallujah who will be offended. But I will tell you that from my experience and conversations that I've had over 15 years on this project, nearly all want people to know what happened in Fallujah, whether you are an Iraqi civilian or you are a member of the coalition, either side end quote. Tampi's interview has sparked a fair amount of online debate and was presumably the subject of a tweet from Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann who said on Monday that games that deal with serious subject matter are, quote, inherently political, end quote. How you doing, Mooney? You know,
1: you're all right. This Neil is- Druckmann isn't wrong there with that little statement there. He's pretty much right with what, you, what you're about to say, I think. So I'm going to leave this to you, Amy. Um enjoy ladies and gentlemen because I think this
0: might take a bit. Might <laughs> take a minute. Take your time, well, be we can, patient. Well, I mean we can both unpack the we could both unpack the headline, right? Before I start diving into the specifics of the absolute and let me be let me be quite clear and frank here and burn some bridges. Peter Tamte is a fucking moron. But Let's, continue, let's, let's skip past that for a second and talk about Six Days in Fallujah not being a political game. <laughs> like, there was a funny joke, because we talked about this last week on the podcast, yes. and there was a funny joke that we made and that was circling around the internet uh, for, the, for the few days after the Six Days in Fallujah is coming back story, which was, "Ha, huh, I can't wait until they do the interview where they try to claim it's not a political game. And it was a funny joke. A week. Less than. Less than a week later. Here we are. Six days in Fallujah. A game set in the Iraq War. In a real battle. (laughs) Featuring real people. But it's not a political game. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. The mind boggles. Like... (laughs) There's nothing that these video game publishers will say, will try to claim is not political. They they could create they, they could create a video game where you assassinate a real world political leader in a foreign country and claim it's not a political game. At this point, I feel like as an example. I think someone would. Someone probably already has. I don't know. I don't play all the shit that comes up on Steam. True. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, anyway. I'm reading, I'm finding the quote. For us know. as a team, isn't it? Sorry, all um, oh, there's tons of stuff. The, the, one, the one thing that I wanted that popped into my head as we were, as I was reading it, uh, the part where, where, the, where it was, Tempty was defending the game and talking about it. i. Everybody wants this everybody wants the story of the second battle of Fallujah. Everybody wants the story to be told, right? Everybody wants to know what happened. Right? Everybody wants to tell what happened. Except the game isn't gonna tell you what happened. <laughs> it's right here in the earlier part of the story. While the game will present these stories, blah blah blah, Tanti said six days in Fallujah <clears throat> won't cover the controversial use of white phosphorus and depleted uranium emissions. Munitions by U.S. forces during the battle.
1: You know, and two counter- things that happened. He
0: contradicts counterdict, himself right from the... R- throughout the article, yes. Two two things that actually happened. I, w- I wonder why... He's, he doesn't want to talk about those two specific things. Could it be because they're war crimes? Could it be because 15 years later... Children are still being born... With cancer... In Fallujah? Because the United States allegedly used uranium munitions during the battle depleted uranium munitions during the battle if, they've, if they were using uranium munitions during the battle Godzilla probably would have erupted out of the surface of the planet um, like we, we, I was worried last week when we talked about this that given the game itself and the subject matter and given how the United States depicts war in its video games just in general uh, and it's and all of its entertainment to be fair And given the involvement of the Department of Defense or the United States military, that this was just going to be U.S. propaganda. This is just going to be U.S. propaganda. It it exists purely to make you feel good about shooting the brown people, who are all bad. Except for the 10% of the game where you get to play as the Iraqi civilian, He will probably be rescued by United States soldiers and be very thankful. Even Mm -hmm. though... America. (laughs) Even though, in, in reality... It was the coalition forces that shut all of those people in the city right before the battle because they refused to let Ben and boys who were fighting age leave the city just in case they were bad guys. And then the death toll went up when the shooting started. I did a lot of reading about this this conflict, which I didn't which I admittedly didn't know that much about before last week. Just hold my hands up and say, "Look, I'm not a student of history. i you know, re- even recent history, um, but I learned a lot. <laughs> I had, to, I kind of had to. Um, That's fun. And this game is—I said it on Twitter uh, in response to seeing this <clears throat> this interview go up—that if you're going to make a game called Six Days in Fallujah, set during the real battle, the the real battle." And you've got nothing to say, because that's essentially, if you're making a game that's not making a political statement, you've got nothing to say. This game is worthless. In fact, it is offensive. Agreed. It just, it just is. The thing is about it, they,
1: they, they made a political statement just by the title of the name. Six Days in Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about it. They hurt themselves straight away from that. Uh, and then when they're trying to dig down saying this and if all the other all over the place things that they're saying, it's just crazy. And um like I'm very uneducated about this game. I won't lie. I said that last week, Liz, and that's why I abstained from really speaking about it. And I'll say right now I haven't done my due diligence to even research into the game or anything like that. I'm only going off what me and Amy have spoken about like last week and uh, and other things and everything, but um, it's just the whole thing is just completely American propaganda. That's all American Marine military propaganda. To so the whole thing where you're just like you're you're f- keeping out the two important things about what happened on those six days, which which we which you've just touched upon, Amy, and. Saying you're gonna play what was it? Ten percent. Ten percent As a Iraq Father attempting to get his family out of the city. Ten percent, I guarantee you this right now, Lady and That's gonna be like that's like that's gonna be like the between the opening and to the opening of The Last of Us to the uh spoilers for The Last of Us, uh, the Character death that happens really fast in the game. Um, that's basically going to be how long that is. I I'm, I'm maybe
0: even short. It, it's a military Yeah, it will here, not so. be. It will
1: not be very long whatsoever. We know this. They've made this game to be a first-person military shooter to go in and shoot Iraqs. It's what they wanted to do. It's what they've gone out and done. And to kind of trying to keep digging your heels in. So, even more like like they've dug their heels in so much that this game is now actually coming out because this was meant to come out years ago. And it's now 2021, not 2004. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's still repercussions that have gone on with the world and Iraq and everything still to this day. We know this. But this thing happened almost 20 years ago now. And to try, I just think it's. To do this is incredibly irresponsible for the subject matter alone it's incredibly irresponsible if you want to tell all of the stories you do it properly and not where you are picking up a machine gun to shoot people in it which you will be doing in this game as a first person shooter you're not telling the stories no
0: the, a, a game like that. The, there is a game like this a version of of this game, told from the point of view of an American soldier, that could be really good. It'd be really, really. I don't, I don't want to say interesting, but that's kind of you know what I mean. Like it would be, it would be a good game to play. Like it would, it would be horrible, obviously. Um, but a one that told a story that was actually trying to say something um, about the horror that the Battle of Fallujah was for everybody who was there. Um, Agreed. this isn't that game. This is Call of Duty, but not fictionalized by like, the battle was real. The people were real. The soldiers were real. The insurgents were real. The civilians who, who died were real. The city is real and still Did to this day faces the consequences of the actions of the coalition forces.
1: In two thousand and four, this game spits on everyone who was involved, especially all the innocents. Like spits on them, and it's just—it's disgusting. I would imply anyone not to play this game. For me personally, not just not because I'm trying to start an agenda or anything like that. Just because this this is this is just this is not human decency. This game. And there's many games that are first-person shooters, and I enjoy first-person shooters. I hold my handle. I admit that. Oh, I love a good first-person. This one. is a
0: game I would not ever touch. Spec Ops The Line did it really, really quite well about the psychological toll of combat on an American military soldier and was very anti-Hoorah America, you know, all that stuff. Um, it did a really good job. Go play that said. I haven't played it, but I do know about what, the, what that did, though. I um, learned something. Go read about the Battle of Fallujah. It's not Even great that. reading. Let's do, that. Let's do that.
1: I guarantee you there'll always be a documentary out there for... I'd be surprised if there isn't. Um, yeah, fuck and it's not this game, ladies and gentlemen. It's not this game. This isn't a documentary for this bloody... But no. this terrible thing that happened in two
0: thousand and four. No, again, my fuck this game, fuck this developer. Uh, sorry, fuck this game, fuck this publisher. Attitude it doesn't come from the, the sheer existence of the game, but what I know the game to be based on the trailer that I've seen and the information that I've read, and and now the interview that I, that I have read. So yeah, fuck, fuck this, fuck him, fuck it all. Now let's talk about Nintendo. We're going to swerve in completely the opposite direction and talk about Nintendo. Nintendo, indeed. See, like, sometimes I think about where I put news stories and the order that I put them in. (laughs) (laughs) And breathe. Now, how do you want to do this, Moody? Do we want to go... Because I've got a new story here. It's from Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Everything announced in tonight's Nintendo Direct. Do we want to go game by game, or do you want me to read the whole thing, and we talk about it all at once? Let's read the whole thing, and we'll talk about it all at once. Okay. Let's and, if we
1: any, and if we miss anything, we miss anything. It's not, that, not that it wasn't important or anything like that. It's just those things just didn't
0: click first or anything like that. Let's yeah. start with the big stuff. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is launching for Nintendo Switch on the 16th of July, and this time, the motion controls are optional. Praise the sun. This year is Zelda's 35th anniversary, though Nintendo remained quiet on its other plans for the series for now. Closing the show, Nintendo dropped an unexpected teaser for Splatoon 3. It's not coming until 2022, though it features an upside-down Eiffel Tower and a robot crab. Hopefully it's worth the wait. As mentioned already, I cut out of some paragraphs because they were just fluff. Both Pyra and Mithra joined Super Smash Bros. Ultimate from their original appearances in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the duo are the latest to arrive as part of the game's Ultimate Fight as Pass Volume 2, which previously added Minecraft and Final Fantasy characters. Mario Golf Super Rush was announced for Switch and Tees Off on the 25th of June. It has optional Wii Golf-like motion controls and a story mode where you play as your meat. And in other Nintendo game news, 3DS sim Topia will arrive for Switch on, 20, on the 21st of May, while remakes for Famicom Detective Club titles The Missing Air* and The Girl Who Stands Behind will launch as a bundle on the 14th of May. We also got a quick look at Animal Crossing New Horizons' long-awaited Mario items. One actually useful addition will be Mushroom Kingdom-style pipes you can use to travel about. Bean Battle Royale for Guys is coming to Switch this summer, and perhaps other platforms too. It first arrived on PC and PlayStation last year. The well-regarded Outer Wilds is coming to Nintendo Switch at some point later in 2021. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville launches in March. It's the latest game from the Garden Warfare team, and the first Nintendo Switch game to use EA's Frostbite engine. Annapurna Interactive announced Neon White, a first-person shooter where you exterminate demons in anime heaven. It's coming in winter 2021 a Switch and PC, developed by Donut County's Ben Esposito. Shout out to the best name for a game ever. Project Triangle Strategy is the SRPG successor to Octopath Traveler, and it's due in 2022. And there's a demo on the eShop, right? This very minute. Star Wars Hunters is a new free-to-play online squad-based arena multiplayer game set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. It's coming to Switch in 2021 from Zynga. We also saw team-based multiplayer dodgeball game Knockout City from Mario Kart Home Circuit developer Velen Studios, which launches on the 21st of May. Uh, And as previously announced, Apex Legends arrives on the 9th of March and Monster Hunt arrives on the 26th of March. Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is getting an expansion pass with two waves of DLCs in June, June, then November 2021. The pass is on sale now, priced $17.99, though exactly what you'll get is still to be revealed. World's End Club from the developer of Danganronpa and Zero Escape arrives on the 28th of May. Meanwhile, Samurai Warriors 5 was announced for Switch and will launch this summer. There's also a Legend of Mana remake coming to Switch, PC, and PS4 on June 24th. Tales from the Borderlands launches for Switch on the 23rd of March, a few weeks after its other recently announced new console versions. Saga Frontier Remastered arrives for Switch on the 15th of April. The Ninja Gaiden Master Collection turns up on the 10th of June. Normal Heroes 3 launches on the 27th of August. A physical version of Hades will be released on the 19th of March with some extra bits and pieces. Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse launches on the 16th of March. DC Superheroes Girls Teen Power launches on the 4th of June. It's a 50-minute direct. Yes, go? it was. was well, it part- they haven't done anything.
1: They didn't do anything in 2020 yeah, at like, all. Like
0: it was a full direct. It was like a I don't want to say proper direct, because like, you know, I've enjoyed the smaller directs that they did in 2020, but like it was a full-on Here's the first half
1: of 2021 with a little bit of little 2022. bit of yeah. yeah, this was
0: this was very beefy. <clears throat> personally, I won't
1: it. lie. A lot of fluff. I won't lie. Personally, uh, sorry, Nintendo fans. Uh, I know you were were itching for one of these Nintendo directs. I think they had over a million people on one stream watching it. I think it was. I don't know if it was on Twitch or if it was YouTube. But I'm just like. Damn, people are ready. Well, so Sony and Nintendo can hit a million people on like Twitch or YouTube, but Microsoft, when they do a thing, they scratch around the six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand, which is yeah, an incredible
0: number. Still, they're still incredible numbers. I think the only one that ever rose from those two was the PS Five showcase. Yeah. Um, no, the um, the thing is right, and I noticed this last week when I was playing Bowser's Fury. Like, because mm-hmm. you know how the Switch UI is basically the PS4 UI, where it's like all oh, the games are in a line. Yeah. the thing, I only played three games on my Switch in 2020. I don't think I played anything except Pokemon on my Switch last week, last year. Uh, I played. Don't no, did I play three? Almost no. Was it three or was it two? I played Animal Crossing. No, oh, I played obviously, Animal Crossing obviously as well. for the first half of 2020. I forgot about that. I forgot about Adam Crossing. And then I don't think I turned my I I played Super Mario Bros. thirty five for a bit. Yeah. No, turned no. that that was the last time I turned my Switch on. When yeah. we did the the very first weekly review podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first yeah. games we talked about. That was the last time I turned my switch on before Bazaar's Fury. So people, I feel like, are ready for new Nintendo content, right? Because like Nintendo, yeah. my Switch isn't a console. I'm going to play third-party games on. It, it just it isn't. That's what my PS5 is for. Mm.
1: Um, Even though there's a game that I think you and me are going to smash like crazy at the end of March. I mean, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm getting a little hyped for that. That looked pretty sexy when I saw it. I was thinking, oh, you're looking pretty sexy. Oh, I looking good, thinking oh. You and me. You're caught, baby. You team up, oh. slice and shoot animals to death to get, to, to get the resource to death. I think that could be a pretty decent game I need game to make us. a
0: hat out of a monster. It's just how it works. Like, you're going to have to, yeah. Monster Hunter Rise is two things that I love. I wouldn't say the most. It's two things I really love combined. It's fashion mm-hmm. and extreme bloody violence. you can have
1: big ass weapons
0: as well like a big ass sword i'm like bring it on (laughs) if i could in real life go out and hunt monsters and then turn them into like a new handbag like (laughs) i might have an entirely different career in front of me that's true um so there
1: was one question i want to ask you so i i think f1 was foreseeing that there was going to be a hd remaster of skyward sword coming for zelda uh yeah I think that was always hinted at. I think everyone was surmising that was going to come eventually.
0: Yeah, for me, and this is just about, me, we talked about that in the in our uh, predictions podcast.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, for me, this for me tells me Breath of the Wild two is not coming this year, and I think it's going to be next year because I thing. think if this was going to come this year, I think they were going to show it. they should have they would have sh- they would have shown it. Unless they are literally holding out for a big explosion at E three for nothing but Zelda, like they did
0: with Zelda Breath, Breath of, of the Wild, the they one. did it with Smash Brothers. Yeah, um,
1: the only reason why I can think that that comes this year. But I, two Zeldas um, this year—it seems going to be bit... way
0: more than because they're going to do more HD HD stuff. I think. Like, yeah, I was thinking about this last night, where it was like, is z- it z- like Mario got three games in one package, and? And it's just got two other end. ones just last week as well. Yeah, and obviously the the, the Bowser's Fury which, one.
1: which my copy is on the way, Amy, just so you know. We can team up, yeah. I haven't
0: sent it back yet, so...
1: Yeah, keep full of it.
0: But <laughs> I think, like, and this isn't a disparage Mario games, I just think Zelda games are bigger. Like, I don't think you released three Zelda games in one collection. That's an absurd amount of game. <laughs> I
1: agree. I agree with you there. So I understand I, what you, I understand where you're coming from with that. So I feel
0: there. like we're gonna get other Zelda games, other Zelda games throughout the year, like ports, like whatever was ported to Wii U. Because I know there was a Wind Waker HD game, for example.
1: I know everyone's screaming for Wind Waker.
0: Wind Waker has to be done. Can you imagine the yeah. Wind Waker remastered, uppraised, upscaled? That those graphics in HD or even in four K, like. Oh I, the last
1: Zelda game I played was um that oh which one was it? It was the recent one they just released. Two years ago, I think was it? Breath of it was Blood. the remake as well.
0: Links Awakening. The Game Boy on Links Awakening. That's it. That was
1: phenomenal. I loved that. I played it. I was thinking, oh, this is so This is just so good.
0: But here's why I this is really a big notice, right? Because yes. I don't I'm fifty fifty on Breath of the Wild 2. I think Either way, I think there's going to be a big blot at some point in 2021, which is, here's your Breath of the Wild 2 direct, and it's going to break the internet in half. But mm-hmm. this direct was a mess for me. Because, I think it was boring. Like, it had a lot of good stuff in it. Like, good, not great, good. There's a distinction. It is literally Zelda's 35th anniversary this weekend. Oh, that's a... That's a huge mess. And they came out and they did their thing. You know, there's going to be a Nintendo Direct. It's going to be 50 minutes long and it's going to be tomorrow. That was the announcement. And it's like, they're doing a Direct, a massive, proper Nintendo Direct, days before the the Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary. So normally when we talk about, oh, you know, people were just disappointed because they got their, their expectations in the wrong place is usually how we come down on people being disappointed in stuff like this. Like, I feel like anyone who is disappointed, like, I feel like Nintendo put those expectations in a certain place just by the timing of the Direct. And not saying, actually, this isn't going to be a Zelda Direct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know they said, it's for the, all the games that are coming out in the first half of, of 2021. I get that. Maybe read the room. Maybe just a little bit, but again, as at the
1: same time, Nintendo are not coming to the people I think, any anyone, my Microsoft as well, and Sony, they shouldn't be in t- to be shouldn't accommodate the cut the fans to the people of that. Oh, there's a hit, there's a anniversary coming up that means we have to do something. I understand where you're coming from with the read the room thing, I understand that, I, and I do agree from a certain point of view, but at the same time, I'm just like fans. Nine times out of ten, and we're all we're all guilty of it, can overhype the crap out of something. So if anyone came out going, Ugh, disappointed or anything like that, that's possibly a lot on
0: them. On our own, any other company treating an anniversary like whatever, I I would agree with. But Nintendo do you make big deals out of their anniversaries, like we just saw last year mario got its big games it's big direct it's it's three 3d re-releases it's super mario brothers 35 which is gonna stop existing in like less than a month but so like yes but also nintendo can't have it both ways right <laughs> where it's like we're gonna do this massive blowout for a big franchise, uh, big, franchise they say anniversary. A big franchise
1: or franchises they do it for all sorts of anniversaries. Yeah. always for me something. going off from the tweet. It's it's it does a big Nintendo to reveal what's coming. They've done that. I understand where you're coming from, but they also did announce in the thingy they're going to do a blowout. The yes, the the official date for the for the 35th anniversary is this weekend. What you said, but um, oh, yeah, the no. whole year and is again. the
0: anniversary. So like, have also got the, go on, Sorry, Michael, and again, just, all they had to do was just say no. This isn't, the Zel- this isn't the Zelda you're looking for, <laughs> or even just announce the other HD remasters that we know they're going to release.
1: <laughs> I agree with that part. Uh, like, I think a lot of people, like I was watching the Game Informer one, um, and they were like, there's okay, there's still there's still ten minutes left of this thing, type, and they go to one more thing, type of thing. There's got to be the Zelda thing. It's got to be Zelda's and everything like that." And I was thinking, oh, "All it's right, be. so." This also tells me. This thing, what, what, this, what this direct does tell me, we're getting a huge Pokemon direct soon. I think we're going to be getting a Pokemon direct soon. They got, Night. they know they're they, You're gonna, they're gonna have something for the end of the year, and they also, also going to want to show off that uh, battle royale thing that they've got coming for it. But like like I won't lie, I think if a lot of the big Pokemon fans are thinking they were going to get getting a new big game this year. If it's a HD remake of Diamond and Pearl, or if it's a new Let's Go series, who knows? But um, I think uh, for me, there's a Pokemon direct coming soon for this.
0: Um, because I that's that's just my thinking
1: on that. But um,
0: I think there's yeah. going to be just a big direct with with a lot of news in June.
1: Um, oh hell yeah!
0: Like that's where I think a lot of this stuff is gonna come. Nintendo have got a bit of a problem where there's too much we're expecting from them. And yep. again, not from oh I've set my expectations too high from things they have said and done and announced in the past. Like mm-hmm. like they have literally told us Breath of the Wild 2 is a thing. Almost two years ago. And I've said nothing about it since. Bayonetta 3, Metro Prime 4, Pokemon, other Zelda stuff. Yeah. What's the three D Mario team doing? <laughs> like there's all sorts of different things that we know is that we know we're waiting for and we know what we're expecting. And then, so then when you sit down to a direct and it's Mario Golf, which hey, cool. You know what? A lot of people are excited for Mario Golf. Mario fun. Golf is a cool game. But when you're one more thing is a game that's not gonna be coming out for about for a, over a year. Well Splatoon sp- sp-
1: sp- 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 3.
0: It's like, look, I'm excited for Splatoon three, and I really want to play Splatoon three, but it's like I always say to you, I'm more excited for games that are closer. <laughs> like, oh,
1: definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, when you're like one more thing, and it's like, oh, what's the one more thing? It's a game that's not coming out until 2022, guys. It's February. <laughs> like, there was a the couple of games that they showed that were 2022s. It's it's February, guys. why? Why would you do Me- that?
1: if i was right didn't they show a game that was 2023 or am i mistaken
0: there um i don't know i think playstation so far is the only company that's shown a 2023 game yeah but uh, i mean yeah, if, I'm, uh, I'm sure a few people have shown 2023 games they just yeah. haven't they just don't know it yet but yeah um like yeah uh, the, the other one you're thinking of is project triangle strategy which shout out to the name um and again it's got to be off traveler too right it, yeah, it it's, ty- it's a very different... It's I think I saw someone talk about it like it's a spiritual successor, but it's a different gameplay style. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a strategy RPG as opposed to a turn-based RPG. Um, and I'm... Hell, again, it's like Splatoon 3. It's like, I'm really looking forward to Project Triangle Strategy. <laughs> I saw a f- I saw, I've
1: saw. spoken to a person who's played the demo of this, and this is their response from me. I'll go for it. I uh, immediately got... got got a thing saying, oh no, loaded up the game, immediately got a thing saying, this is the middle of the game, you will not understand anything, uh, uh, or, uh, and we made combat super hard just for this demo. Really heavy cutscenes, a lot of cutscenes, very boring, they said.
0: Yeah, I mean, demos can be weird like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like, okay, cool, Like all I need from a demo... Is gameplay and then maybe a cutscene at the end, right? Like yeah. if you're just dropping me into the game with no context, like the amount of times I've been to EGX, right, where I've played a demo of a game at EGX, for example, and been dropped into the game, like somewhere in the game, and just given no no context, no tutorializing, no nothing, and I've walked away going, That was a bad demo. Not that was a bad game, that was a bad demo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're two
0: different things, yeah. Yeah, so, it's...
1: Overall, I think the the show was boring. I think there was a lot, a lot of fluff. And I think, like, a lot of people were expecting that one more thing, big thing that's going to be coming this year. And then when they got around to Zelda, and the guy literally said, I know you want us to talk about Breath of the Wild 2. We have been working on it for a while now, and we're, re- and were in hard-on
0: production. We're gonna talk about it later on in the year. I wonder how many. I wonder how many of those million people uh, just went literally play. liked it. Bye, <laughs> everyone who was hard for this conference
1: literally went so limp. They'll never be hard for a while. But yeah, it's um. Yeah, like I can only imagine like half the time every time I hear there's a new Smash Bros character, I hear half the internet's going crazy saying this is just, these are not the ones we want or anything like that. So I can only imagine this is probably what happened again with this with these two pair of characters who are the same character but switch whatever, I don't really know. I don't know Xenobruder Two Chronicles, so I don't I can't comment it on very well. But I'm just like, okay. Uh
0: tried. it's not for me. There's too yeah. much it's it's a game I will define as having two like, you know what I mean? It has too much anime, like my anime bullshit threshold was reached quite early on playing that game. And I was like, I'm all right, thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do have an anime bullshit threshold. Yeah, I think a lot of us do. I won't lie. And it's just how much they can get. Um, I'll say this right now Mario Golf, I thought was cute and adorable. I was thinking, this looks like it could be fun. And I still sit back down, sit back, chill and stream, whacking Oh, yeah, definitely. Golf, balls. I think it'd be a fun
0: little game. You know my, my relationship with fun golf games. I still love everybody's golf on PS4. It's great. <laughs> um, Ken, I think you
1: and me are gonna smash Monster Hunter Rise like crazy. I think we're gonna have to take that week off, even if we're charging we, yeah, on our can, can weekend. We talk, off, like... So, guys, we're not here for Among Us this
0: week. <laughs> and can we talk about the fact that there was a Star Wars game revealed halfway through this direct? This direct, and it was just such a non-event. Like, I've heard nobody talking about it like ever not so even it awesome. us <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a sort of non-event that's like oh free to play online squad based <laughs> arena multiplayer game From oh, yeah <laughs> And I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> sitting in between Return of the Jedi so and The Force like, Awakens. So, okay. so basically,
0: now that EA doesn't have exclusive like exclusivity to the Star Wars license, the needle has swung completely in the opposite direction. Where it's just we're going to get a deluge of too many Star Wars games. <laughs>
1: That's the thing about it. This thing's probably been that that revealed for when we when that announcement was happening. That these people and that these other companies can now start doing it. That was already being built. That those negotiations contracts were already signed. Like this game they've shown it, so they're just like, we're ready to go. We're bringing it out next year. So this game has been in development for at least two years, which is funny enough, around the time when (laughs) the whole craziness for Battlefront 2 happened. Well, that was three years ago now, but I I digress. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a lot of fluff, this thing. Um, I'm happy for all the Nintendo fans and everything, and there are some interesting games that are, are coming out and everything, but there were also a lot of games that were just like, huh, Legend of Mana, I like the look of that.
0: I was thinking, I know it's yes. a remake,
1: but that did look really good.
0: Trials of Mana was a fun game last year. Um, I don't, and I, I'm like, I didn't see that. Like, I, okay, I'm just gonna be, be real here. I didn't watch the the direct live, um, so I just caught bits and pieces of it afterwards. I was playing D and D, so I just caught like the trailers and stuff. I watched the Legend of Mana trailer, but Trials of Mana was pretty good last year, so. So Legends of Mana, I
1: believe, is the original first game. Excuse me. So it looked looked interesting. It looked good. A big shout out to, I think, I won't lie. I think this was, was the biggest one, but I think it just slipped so far under the radar, it's just like, wait, they're releasing the Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. Yep. Ninja Gaiden is one of the classic games out there, trilogies out there, and that just, like, Laced under in the Nintendo direct, we're done. <laughs> I think. <laughs> and, I, and
0: I don't mean to be disparaging to either Ninja Gaiden or. Oh, that does look cute. Um, disparaging in Ninja Gaiden or Nintendo or anything else, but when you don't have that one big thing to hang your know, hang off of your press conference direct, whatever, like, and everything is kind of give is kind of equal footing. Yeah. Like, because outside of Zelda. And probably Mario Golf and Splatoon 3. Like everything else is pretty much on equal footing, but that's a lot to be on equal footing. Like some things just do disappear. Like <laughs> yeah, Microsoft has had this problem a lot in the last few years. Um Yeah. We're revealing 50 games. Wait, what? Like, remember when yeah, 60 exactly. 50 games. Like, wait, what? <laughs> remember the Spirit one of the most beloved games of 2020 that was revealed at a Microsoft E3 press conference. Nobody remembers it. <laughs>
1: I won't lie, I, I was, yeah, I, that was me, I was one of them, until you told me about it, and you literally s- swiped it in the open credit, not on open credit, uh,
0: Fantasy League, you went, I got that game. <laughs> um, yeah, like, No More Heroes 3 is launching on August 27th, and like, you know, it's not a big mainstream, everybody loves this game, but I feel like that's a bigger deal than being the third to last paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's... Uh... Yeah, there's like I say, there's a lot of good stuff. There just there just wasn't very much great stuff. And this isn't a PlayStation Direct. This isn't a Xbox gameplay reveal. Like this is this is a Nintendo Direct, man. Like the the expectations I feel like are naturally higher for a Nintendo Direct because they've got their shit together. They know how to do these shows. And that's just that's just how it is. That's just the reality of true. the situation. Um and it feels like it wasn't quite up to scratch. Uh on th- On Thursday, Wednesday, whatever the fuck that it was. is. That is true. Days, time. How does time work, anyway? You know what? I'm going to segue from that to a new story I put further down, and then co- and then we'll circle back because I want to now talk about Reggie, Fee, and me on E3. If the ESA doesn't figure out how to do this, someone else will. This is from Marie de Lasandro over at gamesindustry.biz, who writes, Former Nintendo of America president Reggie Fiume was critical of a digital E3 that wouldn't offer hands-on with the games being showcased, adding that plans for the 2021 edition don't sound all that compelling. During an interview with Gamertag's founder and host, Danny Pena, Fiume was asked about the ESA's plans to bring back E3 in a virtual way once again this year, following up on the cancelled 2020 edition due to COVID-19 me acknowledged that the ESA is on the right track and absolutely right in doing a digital E3 as it can attract a much wider audience than the typical in-person event. But the lack of playable content is what could jeopardize the event, he continued. Quote, I think that the platform holders need to find a way to digitally enable their fans, their players, to experience the content. Because that's the key for E3, right? The ability... We're going to come back to this sentence. The ability to be playing The Last of Us Part 3 for the first time or to play that next Breath of the Wild game for the first time or to play the next great game coming from the new amalgamation of all the Xbox studios. Was
1: did Reggie he... Frazier just announce The Last of Us Part 3? Probably not. Did he,
0: Did he just Did he just Did he just throw shade at Xbox? Like this well-known PlayStation game or this well-known Nintendo game or yeah whatever Xbox is doing. I'm sure they're doing something. <laughs>
1: He I continues. thought they were one three, three, two years ago. They were one they on the Game Awards. Now we all see it. The uh, Japanese st- companies are sticking together after all.
0: He continues to play for the first time is what's magical, and the platform holders need to figure out how to deliver that experience to their fans during an E3-like digital experience. I think that will be huge. End quote. He added that if the ESA doesn't solve that equation, another company will, mentioning the work Jeff Keeley did to replace E3 2020. Quote, what I've read doesn't go down that path, and if you don't have all these different elements working together so the big announcements, the hands on, the opportunity, and a well defined time frame to have all of these announcements I think that's the key to a successful E3 in the future, and candidly, if the ESA doesn't do it, then other people will. Jeff did something very provocative last year with his Summer of Games event. He's going to do something similar again this yeah. So if the ESA doesn't figure out how to do this, someone else will, end quote. I need to get some things. I've got thoughts. As I was reading As I was reading what Reggie said, so normally I would let you comment, but there's a few things I want to say. One, Reggie totally backs me up. Um, and the opportunity in a well-defined time frame to have all of these announcements. We talked about this when we talked about the E3 2020, when we compared it to the Summer of Games. Sorry, mm-hmm. E3, and where it was like, it was too long. <laughs> like... Yeah. Maybe compact that, but I hate to disagree with Reggie because I love him. Right, I love Reggie dearly. Like he's an uncle. Like I see once a year.
1: He's an uncle on, on for gamers. Aren't I they? feel like he's, you know, a, he's a lot he's, of us
0: don't know him. <laughs> he's my uncle. Right, he's my uncle Reggie. He's my uncle who works at Nintendo. But and I get what he's saying. What he's saying is a good idea. Right about being able to play the demos of the biggest games, like The Last of Us Part Three, or The Next Breath of the Wild, or whatever shit Microsoft's making. But what he actually says is that e- this is what E3 is about. And I hate to break it to you, Reggie, but until a couple of years ago, that's not what E3 was about at all. Nobody can I mean, play that... games at E3, Reggie. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never been able to play a demo off the back of E3, except like one Resident Evil demo I think got revealed and announced and put up on the store. Like, yeah. it's a fantastic idea, and I I think Jeff Keeley or the ESA, one of the two, should definitely pursue it. Like, but like that's not what E3 is about. E3 is about oh. hype, probably too much hype, but. Definitely
1: too much hype. It's about <laughs>
0: announcements and it's about trailers and it's about <laughs> gameplay reveals and it's about all those funny, quirky moments and those heartwarming moments and all those really cringeworthy yeah. moments. Yeah, But it's never I'll been about th- playing a game. <laughs> yeah, I'll go a step further with that. It's about
1: meeting up with your friends, staying up incredibly late with pizza or junk food, just talking about the hypeness of all the conference and what we're hoping to see and everything. Just... Having that full-on uh, discussion with fr- friends and everything—that's what it's all about. Like, we don't uh, like thousands of people may get to go to this thing, Reggie. Millions of people watch it online. Don't get to play these games until they release. So, what yeah. you're saying here is spot on. Yes, Reggie, I do completely agree- disagree with you there. I agree with what you're saying, that Jeff. Keely tried something different last year and some of it worked, some of it didn't work. And hopefully Jeff has took the res- the feedback on board and he's hopefully him in the ESA are just flicking talking and just saying, yo, let's try and figure something out here. Do something over one week or whatever. Hopefully. Come on, UT, you can do this. But um, but he's also right that if the ESA, ESA don't figure something out, yeah, people will do something different. Yes. Do their own thing. Jeff Keeley proved it last year. Even if like it's like we've already we've we've commented on many times of that some of it worked some of it didn't but um yeah it's a oh it's a whole thing when it comes to this man it's like e three it's it's going to be interesting yeah. whatever whatever that announcement's going to be and it's probably going to be the main story that week for both for all of us and for all podcasters out there um whenever that announcement comes from the ESA to whatever they're actually doing it's going to be scrutinized like crazy
0: yeah it's going to be half an hour podcast segment for us. It's going to be, we're going to be messaging it backwards and forwards about it for days and weeks. (laughs) And then we're going to sit down and go, yeah, it was all right. But like, (laughs) like, regardless of whether it's the fact that Reggie seems to have, I don't know. He might've just misspoke and said, this is what they should do. Like that's what he meant, might've meant because it is what they should do. Like if the The last of us part three was revealed at E3 2021, which I know it's not going to be, but Hey, you know, we can all dream right like and there's a demo for for press right but why couldn't why couldn't there be a demo for the PS5 that that everybody can have a shot at that's where it seemed to be going last year when because Jeff Keighley, when he was told, when he was announcing the summer of gaming like i feel like if i go back and watch podcasts where we're talking about what the summer of gaming looks like i feel like a part of that was us looking forward to playing all of these demos and we got a lot of demos
1: no so AAA a games though. Yeah. No, yeah. All small companies, yeah.
0: Yeah, we didn't get any AAA demos though. Like, you can, yeah, I played some great demos over the summer last year, and I'll probably play some great demos this year. But it's like, you imagine if there was like a, if like there was an Xbox E3 style press conference in June, and if Halo Infinite was there, and Hellblade 2 was there, and I don't know, Fable was there. Let's say let's just like say those three games were there, and I was like, cool. And you you know you can see the previews of the extended demo that we showed to all the press, but there's a demo coming to the Xbox Store after the showcase ends. The internet would break. Well, I mean, the servers on the Xbox Store, the servers on the Xbox would die. Yeah, (laughs) but that's 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 I don't know. It's just for me that's a no-brainer. <laughs> that should be where it goes next, like...
1: It should be, yes. I agree with you there. Especially if we're going more digital. Which, I mean, yeah, definitely. It does show that it is, like, it does show
0: like it like is. It, it like like, this was going to happen in 5 or 10 or 15 years. Like, this was going to be more and more digital over the course of that time. It's just that the pandemic has kind of sped this up because now everything has to be digital or it's not happening. Um... That was 2020's whole deal. So, like... totally you going digital works, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just get with the program. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, something else, though. Might have to delete a few stories. <laughs> but not this one. Report. Google told Stadia developers progress was great. Began layoffs five days later. This is from Rich Stanton over at PC Gamer. He writes... Just over two weeks ago, Google made the surprise announcement that it was abandoning all first-party development plans and moving its Stadia business plan completely. All internal Stadia development studios were closed alongside the departure of Jade Raymond, who had joined Google as head of development studios. Job losses were estimated to be in the region of 150. A new report from Kotaku's Nathan Grayson reveals that just five days prior to this announcement, Stadia head Phil Harrison was reassuring these internal teams that nothing was amiss. On January 27th an email was circulated from Harrison that read in part, quote, Stadia Games and Entertainment has made great progress building a diverse and talented team and establishing a strong lineup of Stadia exclusive <laughs> games. We will confirm the SG&E investment envelope shortly, which will in turn inform the SG&E strategy, end quote. Five days after this email, Harrison would announce... The whatever the fuck that word, how you pronounce it, quote, given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team sg e beyond any near term planned games, end quote. The developers found out this news shortly before the public announcement on February 1st, though were not able to question Harrison until the conference call on February 4th. On this Q&A, Harrison was confronted directly about his prior internal email of reassurance and, as multiple sources told Kotaku, said he regretted the email and admitted, quote, "...we knew," end quote. Phil Harrison doesn't come out of this smelling of roses, to say the least. However, the failure of this incarnation of Stadia and Alphabet's decision to cut its first-party studios can hardly be put at one man's feet. The publicly announced plan for Stadia's future is that the platform will continue to operate as it has, with both a free basic service and subscription-based Stadia pro-offering, but the focus going forward is on helping external developers and publishers take advantage of the technology. Phil Harrison's really not a great boss. (laughs) Like... At all. Um... <laughs> what, what what did we say?
1: PlayStation 3, Xbox One, Exhibit Play... A and B. PlayStation guy, 3, Kai, Xbox C. One,
0: Gaikai, <laughs> Stadia. Yeah. But yeah, like... guys
1: destroyed a lot of things, basically. And um, they've had to rebuild, rebuild or even Gaikai <laughs> guy, guy bought out oh, by like Sony. Guy, guy, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... um, This sucks. This is crap. Like, the... Saying one thing five days
0: later uh, as in, yeah you're all fired like it would have been Wait, one what? thing right if Phil Harrison had <laughs> sent an email out to all of the staff going hey this is great you know because it is just the boilerplate everything's great you know kind mm-hmm. of email like the morale boosting email and then going to a meeting as it says in the email to figure out what the investment looks like for the for the rest of the year or the next financial year and then you know coming out and being like shit. They're not investing in us. But it's the fact that, yeah, yeah, we knew. So, you, yeah, why did you blow smoke up people's asses? Why couldn't you have been honest with the 150 people who were about to lose their jobs so they could maybe try and find new jobs? <laughs> Before you pulled the rug out from under them? Because they suck. Because they suck.
1: Basically, it's a simple childlike response i think that they deserve to get basically because they suck and that's what they do it is um this is just one of the terrible things that's that they're they do. They they did. They've done the same thing. What Amazon tried to do is they can you give video games that easy to do, and we can create up a, a marking point because we are the biggest video streaming thing out there because we, we have, have YouTube, have. so we, we can put so much combine these together to make people watch the things, then press a button to go play the thing using our controller and our servers and our software, and we have all the power. <laughs> and it just went
0: right in their face with a giant egg. Yeah, basically, Google and Amazon just went, oh, like the the only thing you need to make video games is money, right? I already got tons of that. Wait, that's not all you need? Oh no! Yeah, I yeah. saw. Um, I did see a news story. I didn't put it in here, but I made a mental note to mention it during this segment. That you know the 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 new world, the Amazon MMO game, yeah, has been delayed again. Of course it does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like. At least be decent to people. <laughs> if you're going to be shit at video game development, and again, not the developers who worked at, the, at Stadia Games and Entertainment. I'm sure they are incredibly talented hardworking people. I'm talking about like the people running Stadia. If you're going to be shit at game development, at least be decent to people while you do it. Same goes true. for you too, Amazon. That is true. Fucking Phil Harrison. If you see Phil Harrison, if anybody out there sees Phil Harrison coming towards their company, run. Run away. Run fast. Run far. Find a company on the other side of the world to go and work for. (laughs) Go and work for them, because you need to get as far away from him as possible. (laughs) Because you know he's going to get hired by somebody else to run their gaming division into the ground. That guy must be the best pitcher ever. So...
1: You oh, burnt gone. Sony down. You burnt the PlayStation 3 down. You burnt Xbox One. You destroyed Gaikai so they were so cheap Sony bought them. And you ruined Google City. Why should we hire you? What if. Well, this is. Whoosh, and then he just puts on a sexy face. He's like. What if he just, just like, got like, all the blackmail like, ever, on <laughs> everyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because of this. Uh, uh, oh, you're hired. Oh, how much, how oh. many zeros do you want on the end of this check? Uh, just add another two, please. I didn't know people still had physical photographs. <laughs> oh, that is me in that position. Oh, no. <laughs> that is me. Um... I swear that teddy bear was not meant to go there. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Don't look at me like that. I did okay? the gym thing again. I just went. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Microsoft launches gaming accessibility testing platform for developers. This is from Hayden Taylor over at gamesindustry.biz. who writes Microsoft this week revealed a new testing platform geared towards helping developers engineer and refine the accessibility of their games. Developers can now send their Xbox or PC titles directly to Microsoft and have it measured against Xbox accessibility guidelines. As I outlined in a blog post by Gaming Accessibility Senior Program Manager, Brannon Zahand, developers will receive comprehensive feedback and notes where issues are found, complete with reduction, uh, sorry, reproduction steps, screenshots, and any other relevant information. Furthermore, in order to help developers understand the potential impact of their design decisions, Microsoft will include, quote, links to gaming accessibility and inclusive design documentation, excuse me, nonprofits and industry recognized subject matter experts, platform specific technical documentation and more, end quote. First released in January last year, the Xbox Accessibility Guidelines were developed in collaboration with members of the gaming and disabled community. Following feedback from developers, Microsoft carried out a review of these guidelines. Led by Caitlin Johns of the Gaming Accessibility Team, the review focused on addressing common questions developers had around where to start and how to focus efforts. Microsoft revealed a number of new improvements to the guidelines, such as using more straightforward language, presenting clearly defined goals, and highlighting key areas to target. Among other things, the guidelines also provide a series of scoping questions which allow developers to assess where their priorities should be. Quote, perhaps the most important aspect of the program, however, is the inclusion of gamers with disabilities as part of the testing project, said DeHaan. Every test pass includes members of the gaming and disability community to not only run test cases against games, but to provide their feedback and insights as well. End quote. End article. <laughs> End everything. <laughs> End of podcast. Bye, everybody. The um,
1: this is This cool. This is cool, yeah. This is very cool. Like I said, they're doing a the the controller they released was highly loved by a lot of people, and for it's them to also continue, yeah, and them to continue with this accessibility guidelines and help con- speak uh, helping developers send their games off to them to see where it hits on their guidelines. I think is a fantastic thing. It's just going to help more and more people to be able to play their games. In whatever way possible, so this is fantastic. Yeah,
0: it's good. It's good that like <clears throat> Microsoft is leading leading a, a thing on this because like I can imagine like when you talk about like accessibility in games, like The Last of Us Part Two in 2020 was a big example of that. But like Sony has like e money that it can put into The Last of Us de- le- the development of a game like The Last of Us, whereas like say like indie games might struggle to fo- be able to focus on accessibility while also like keeping afloat during development so like being able to do something like send send this to or even just use it again or even just use it against the accessibility guidelines or send it to microsoft so that they can have it tested for accessibility like is yeah. a big is a big deal yeah no it is a big deal like i think it is yeah.
1: a is a big deal their mantra what phil spencer says all the time he wants all that games to be playable for everybody can't um, ask for much more for what they are and they've gone for it.
0: So well done. Yeah, sorry. That that was a really mistimed. I need to move in my chair and mute my microphone just as you would finished talking. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> dead air. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like we put uh, we like I've always try to make a big deal out of accessibility on on this channel. Um, just because I I believe the same thing, like games should be for everybody and everybody should be able to play them but let's talk about our favorite things in the whole world <laughs> leaks source clam's resident evil outrage is the third instalment in the revelations series this is from sean prescott over at pc gamer who writes Resident Evil Outrage is a new game in the Revelations subseries and will release within a year of Resident Evil Village, claims a leaker with a decent track record. The leaker is Dusk Golem, who correctly reported on Resident Evil 8 ahead of its reveal, among other things. In tweets sent... sometime this week, Aesthetic Gamer, aka Dusk Golem, claims the game will be a timed Nintendo Switch exclusive before appearing on other platforms. That makes sense, as the first Revelations game was initially a Nintendo 3DS exclusive. To summarise, Revelations 3 will land either late this year or early next and will release as part of the series' 25th anniversary celebrations. The years given in the tweet must be typos unless Capcom has invented time travel. don't know why I left that parenthetical in because I didn't leave the tweets in. <laughs> but it's funny. Maybe Capcom didn't invent time travel. In a separate thread, Dusk Golem claims Outrage will have a higher budget and a lot more dev time than the first two Revelations installments. Due to its higher budget quality, the leaker claims Capcom may consider ditching the Revelations tag altogether. More Resident Evil. It's a yearly (coughs) franchise now that's never gone badly for any big franchise ever in the history of video games. No one gets sick of video games that come out constantly.
1: <laughs> that's true, that's true. But that boy thinking, but we're changing it up. See, this isn't a main line one. This isn't like 2, 3, or 4, or 5, or 6, or whatever, or 7, and 8. This is a spin-off one with completely different mechanics and different visuals and, yeah. And like characters like, never. Characters you won't play on the main line story. So, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, if this is true, this is... Okay. That's, that's how it is, really. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so that means... So so this this is going to be the Resi game next year, is this it? This is
0: probably going to be the Resi game next year. Revelations 3, basically. Whatever. Whether they decide to keep Revelations as the subtitle or not, Revelations 3 is going to be the next game after... Resident Evil 8. So 4 2023 then. Well it'll be so 2022. Would, would so no, four, well just... it might be. Like it depends how far along they are with four remake. Like we yeah. knew that once once they made two, they remake the three remake was already in development. Like we didn't know no, but we knew like intelligently that like of course they're gonna remake three if they're rem- if they're remaking two. But like with four I don't know how long that has been in in depth, or how long it would take. Resident Evil Four is a bigger game than two and three, um, just in terms of its length.
1: <laughs> oh, don't tell MC fix it up.
0: Um, I wasn't planning on it, but <laughs> <laughs> the, um, like maybe I don't know. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to not to get too far ahead with this Resident Evil stuff. Like, so I got Village, and then Revelations 3, and then maybe a remake of Resident Evil 4 in 2023. I don't know. I'm just really looking forward to Village. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say that right now. Look, like... I'm tunnel-visualing Resident Evil from here on out, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there are 70, 73 future Resident Evil games in development. Right, okay, right but right now, I'm just going to focus on the one with the, the big vampire lady in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Like, I can because only handle so like- much.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's all That's all she's thinking about online, Liz, though. It's the big
0: vampire lady. I'm not going to lie, right? Like, from where I was, and it's not just because of the big vampire lady, I'm speaking wholly sincerely here yeah. i mean it is a part of it for sure but not the whole part like i'm like from where i was at sort of let's say like summer 2020 for like my my excitement for resident evil village because when it was revealed if you remember it was the ps5 showcase and you and i both went that trailer didn't do anything for me
1: <laughs> yeah we both for like that yeah
0: to where i'm at now where it's like of all of the games like in coming up with release dates like this is the one I'm most excited about so like that's impressive like Capcom have done an impressive job of marketing this game to me because I I really want to play it
1: stick a sexy tall vampire lady in there
0: that's only a part of the equation okay (laughs) So, the, us human beings have simple needs. Capcom have realised that. that that's big tall I mean, vampire ladies. That's only going to be on one part of the game, for starters. Like, there's all the sections of the game that aren't going to have big oh. vampire and How
1: are you going to feel when you probably have to kill the character? <laughs> that will be fine. I'll be over it by then. You would have let killed you, kill her, kill you many times. There. Oh no, this is no, not no, meant no. to happen. Oh, why am I? Letting this happen, <laughs> pushing my hair back Stop while me. I'm doing this. She's, oh no, she's literally <laughs> stepping on me. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I didn't
0: realise we're getting this frisky. <laughs> <laughs> someone at Capcom. Someone at Capcom knew exactly what they were doing when they created that character. <laughs> someone at Capcom needs to raise. <laughs> um. Okay, we've got time for. Oh, we should have time for both of these. Valve, Band's developer, who sneakily named his company Very Positive <laughs> on Steam. This is from Matt Wales over at Eurogamer. He writes A developer has been booted off Steam after brazenly attempting to trick users into buying its games by naming its company Very Positive. You can probably see where this is going already, but look at a game's Steam page and you'll see several prominent fields in the info panel to the right. A game's customer rating, displayed in bright blue if positive, is easy to spot at a glance, and it's likely to be the first place many Steam users look when opening a page. I think I might be in the minority because the first place I look is the screenshots. Crucially for this story, however, there's some other similarly presented information nearby in the form of developer and publisher fields. Noticing this, once. Uh, Noticing this, one devious, if ultimately rather naïve, developer decided to exploit this potentially confusing proximity, listing their name and publisher as very positive on their Emoji Evolution game's Steam page. Quote, I knew that reviews have a huge impact on the customer's decision. The developer, using the name Mike, told Vice. I noticed that the publisher-developer name is located really close to the reviews and has the same colour, and I decided to use it for my purposes. Steam users make conclusions about information when seeing familiar words and don't spend much time reading all the words, quote. The ruse was first spotted by a newsletter, Games Discover Co., earning Mike some degree of infamy, which in turn prompted him to be less than subtle about his deception on Twitter. And while Mike was initially adamant Valve wouldn't have an issue with his scheme, telling Vice Valve fully understands how minor this trick is, that ultimately wasn't the case. With very positive games' as ploy, drawing increased attention as a result of the developers' breads in social media posts, the story was picked up by numerous media outlets, Valve eventually stepped in. And in a tweet posted several days ago, Mike confirmed that the company has now banned his developer account from its platform, citing, quote, review manipulations, end quote. Mike says he absolutely disagrees with this accusation, but it seems there may be a little more of thought. Game Discover card when it first spotted Mike's Steam page, Hijinx also Dealed what it believed to be suspicious activity Around Emoji Evolution's mysteriously Positive reviews, something that would Raise Valve's eye out with or without that Cheekily placed very positive I don't know what he thought Was going to happen
1: <laughs> 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 Like The thing is funny, more like, He knows <laughs> He talks about it as well it. Oh I know what I'm just doing i know exactly what i was doing, he was like, what what
0: doing? I was like he was on twitter <laughs> just saying like oh yeah i did this yeah it's just totally you think i've done and i've done it on purpose too so like people will see very positive and buy my game
1: and like, so then he and then he said i absolutely disagree
0: with this acquisition but you posted, <laughs> you said it on twitter what you were doing mate it is but yeah it is literally review manipulation it's not review manipulation in the traditional sense where people pay yeah. for reviews but like you're literally tricking trying to trick people into seeing the words very positive. Like and as and mistake that for reviews of the game. That is review manipulation. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, it would've worked on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that just shows how like like what the thing says, the the article says that people like you say you go to the screenshots to have a look at the game and everything, I don't or even the little video they have or whatever. Yeah, but uh, people uh, literally uh, go just go off to see what it says. Positive, very positive, incredibly imp- positive, or terrible, or whatever. Whatever ones they've got for terrible, yeah. or not, not so positive and effort. I mean, and they, being they, they, in they
0: YouTube gaming person who like covers games and talks about games like no one should ever think of me as like the typical steam store page <laughs> browser because if, I've, if i'm if i on a steam store page i already know a lot about the game <laughs> yeah but not that it goes back
1: to the same thing of doesn't it kind of goes back uh, full circle back to reviews for games should they have scores type of thing and this is the same thing about kind of with the very positive thing is like just because it says very positive you're not wondering. You're not. You're not clicking on to see why is it very positive? Does this mean this game is? Because it says very positive, that means this game is ultimately for you. No, and it's just, that's what that's what he's tried to manipulate. <laughs> he said he didn't, and it's like, what are you yeah. talking about, mate? What
0: the, what the, horse shit are you shoveling in your in your mouth, mate? The issue that Mike from Emoji Evolution, sorry, Mike from Very Positive Games. Has accidentally sort of hit on hit the nail on the head on is people really need to pay more attention when they're browsing Steam <laughs> like they just do like and I'll come up to it as well like I probably wouldn't clock this the first time I went on Steam but I wouldn't I don't really look at user reviews because I think they're atrocious and the worst things ever like agreed yeah but. <laughs> Like he's hit on something, accidentally. Like people need to pay more attention to things, especially when they're potentially buying them, <laughs> right? That is true. Um, like it's funny, but also like, I mean, dick move. But you kind of like I kind of looked at it when it because I saw it pop up when it first happened before he got banned, and it was kind of like I did chuckle. And I was like, okay.
1: Chuckle moment moment, it's like, no uh, doubt
0: about it, but it's just like, like it's like it ended exactly how I thought it was gonna end.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the last one. Speak speaking of chuckles. Joseph Farris promises a thousand dollars to anyone who gets bored of it takes two. This is from Natalie Clayton from PC gamer, he writes It takes two. The next game from a way out developer, Hayes Light Studios, has gone gold. And Joseph Farris is so confident in its success that it'll give you a thousand dollars if you get bored of it. At least that's what the notorious studio director told Game Informer in a recent interview. Faris, who's perhaps better known as the fuck the Oscars guy, made the bullish claim that it is impossible to get bored with his next game, which follows a little girl dealing with her parents' separation by playing with magical dolls. Quote, That's another thing that I can guarantee you if it takes two. It's impossible, and quote me on this, to get tired of this game. Faris said. Faris told the outlet, You can put this as the headline. I can literally give a thousand bucks to anyone who says, oh, I'm tired of this game now because it doesn't surprise me. One thousand bucks, I guarantee. I'll give it to everyone who gets tired, but they have to be honest about it, end quote. Those are bold words for a man whose whose last game, a way out, failed to impress in our review. Who's that? PC gamer, dead to me. That's it, say Way Out was fantastic. It was. I know it's subjective, but damn, man. It's subjective, but PC gamers on the on the band list now. While well, Here's Light like made a name for itself, with Brothers A Tale of Two Sons, clever co-op adventures, Chris Schilling felt the... Kind of, it's just an advert for PC Gamers Review.
1: Yeah, it is, really. It is, and it continues with that, it looks like it.
0: Considering Faraz's penchant for fits of passion, I wouldn't rush to get your invoices ready. But the director's confidence in this interview is infectious. Earlier in the interview, he speaks on the frustrations of getting players to finish games, exasperated that only 51% of players finished a way out, despite that being a relatively high figure for games. I was going to say that's quite high. Quote. We need to fix the problem that people are not even finishing our games. People are not even finishing the games. Listen to how sick this is. It's so sick that the developers and publishers are literally focusing on the first piece of the game because they know that's what people will play. This is a mass psychosis going on. End quote. I fucking love Joseph Farris. Never change.
1: (laughs) So I just want to quote uh, from Mike uh, from Very Positive Games, just to see how hypocritical I'm going to be here. uh, Joseph Farris. Uh, Challenge accepted. I'll be expecting my check soon.
0: (laughs) No, um... I'll be keeping him (laughs) honest,
1: Joseph. No, um... he's gonna scream to the heavens of how proud and excited he is for us to play this game. There's no doubt about this, and we are both excited to play this game. We both loved and adored uh, a way out and everything, and we are both gonna be
0: playing the heck out of this game when it comes out, hopefully spoilers mm-hmm. for a way out uh for the rest of this if you haven't played a way out and you think you're going to just skip past the rest of the discussion of this of this because i'm going to bring something up in a minute that's fair uh yeah he's
1: yeah i thanks like, so i'm joking when i said a challenge accepted but yeah this is i this i'll say this joseph first uh, i'm expecting at least a 90 Critic open critic score for my uh, fantasy league later on in a couple of weeks' time, just so you know. Like at least a good 90 minimum now. Just 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 soon, okay, mate. Uh but no yeah. Um... Fuck
0: the open critic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fuck the fantasy critic. Fantasy league, yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> He's always gonna be remembered for fuck, fuck the, the Oscars. Oscars, guys.
0: Oh, yeah, watching that live. Oscars was the are best, still more entertaining than the Video Game Awards, hey, guys. I'm have you, you sure ever that. woken up everybody in your entire house because you are laughing like a maniac while watching the Game Awards? Because <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, yeah. no. no still like, down, so. uh?
1: yeah. Oscars are still better than the Video Game Awards. I'm just oh, I mean, that for a
0: fact. <laughs> um,
1: yes and no. That's the subject of that.
0: So. I'd rather watch the game awards for that's because not because of the awards. Whereas I put way more stock in Oscars as awards than I did the game awards. That makes sense.
1: I understand from where, from what, like how if, you if, are with awards and everything. If that. there's
0: an Oscar nominated film, I'll actually like oh, share. I should probably watch this unless it's, like unless it. I look at it and go, no, that's not for me. Like, yeah. and also sometimes the Oscars gets it wrong. Like, the Joker. What's the Oscar stuff? equivalent? The Joker for got the game, nominated for a video
1: game. For their awards, is that the BAFTAs?
0: No, um, or, or the DICE awards? DICE is probably the industry one, like, It's probably the main industry awards show. Um, people all I mean, all people did was complain last year
1: about when they voted the for what game. was it, uh, the, the title to skin as the best game of 2020 that's or 2019. Fault, 2019,
0: like, fucking do it, man. Like, you do you, that's fine, it's fantastic. I didn't even put it on my list, and I still saw that and went, kidding, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, the. It's not the Game Awards though. The Game Awards is not the main industry Game Awards thing. It's <laughs> an E3. <laughs> <sighs> There's going to be E3 Awards this year, let me remind you. Um, way Out It's a great game. And I refute yes. everything PC Gamer says about it. My friend Phil, who play, doesn't play very many games, played a Way Out and finished it. Now, unfortunately for him, he played it with his wife. And I say unfortunately for him because we all remember how a way out ends. <laughs> and I'm guessing he's the better of the game, as well that those two. I don't know. I never asked who one Okay. Um, but that card him uncomfortable. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't actually spoil the way out. <laughs> you didn't? I won't lie.
1: Huh. You have to kill someone, ladies and gentlemen. You do. One of you will yeah. kill the other. Oh. Yes. Yeah, we got,
0: Boys. To got to really get make over. sure I get the, get the time started. game has been out for place. a few years. If you haven't played it yet, you're not going to play it.
1: So if you you should, it. though.
0: Fucking do it. It's in EA Play. It's in EA Access.
1: That is true, yeah. And if you've got Game Pass, you've got the game. Get on that shit. But yeah, great game. Uh, yeah, just for us. Uh, you keep on being you, man. You keep on being you. Even though you're always just going to be remembered by fuck the oscars <laughs>
0: fuck the oscars
1: nah, you're not gonna be remembered else. you're not gonna be remembered by throwing out a great game that a way out you're not gonna be remembered or hopefully that the that that take twos is gonna be a great game that's that's my other
0: that's my other comment i was gonna make it's always a way out developer of a way out brothers hey you know what brothers of two sons is a fucking great game <laughs>
1: i don't deny that that was one of my favorite games that i
0: mine just keep too. forgetting he was a part of it mine too
1: that's the only thing, I just keep forgetting he was a part
0: of that. Oh, That that's wasn't in, aimed at you. Like That was aimed at every article I've ever read about Joseph Farris.
1: <laughs> but the thing is, he made himself an icon just by doing for the Oscars. I mean, so, he then. is an
0: icon because of that moment. <laughs> anyway, you've got a bit. Too.
1: He just sounded like a filmmaker who was never going to get nominated for an Oscar. That's all. And he just sounded salty to me. That's. I'm not going to lie there. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Just read the games out next week. Oh, do I have to? Well, you, you, it was your idea for you to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm regretting that idea. Okay, twenty February 23rd, ladies and gentlemen. Persona 5, Strikers, PC, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Sorry, Xbox. Personas literally do not like being on your console. Um, But okay. Join the phantom thieves uh, and strike back against the corporate overtaking cities across Japan. A summer vacation with close friends takes a sudden turn as as a distorted reality emerges. Reveal the truth and redeem the hearts of those imprisoned at the center of the crisis. Next game is Curse of the Dead Gods, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. You seek untold riches, riches, internal life, divine powers. Why won't I? I think we all do. Uh, It leads to.
0: to, hmm? Eternal life would suck. I
1: don't know. I think it would be good. It leads to this uh, accurate temple, uh, uh, seemingly. Infinite labyrinth of bottomless pits, deadly traps, and monsters. Next up is Rogue Heroes Ruins of tarsos Tarsus? PC, Nintendo Switch. Rogue Heroes is a four, one to four player classic adventure game with modern roguelike elements. Team up with friends uh, to combat dun- dungeons, explore an expansive overworld full of secrets, and take down the titans. To save the once peaceful land of Tatos. Games coming out on the twenty fifth. It's only one this time. Uh, Ghost and goblins resurrections. Resurrection. Nintendo Switch takes clue taking clues from both ghosts and goblins and ghouls and ghosts and giving birth to something entirely new. Resurrection is a title worthy of its name. Don't be fooled. Uh, fooled. This picturesque storybook world, while gorgeous. It is is a love letter to the original titles and maintains the same publishing gameplay. A punishing gameplay, my apologies, there that fans have come to expect. So go on and test your mettle uh, for the gauntlet that has been thrown. <clears throat> two games coming out for the 26th february 26th uh bravely default to nintendo switch explore a new world as the you fight for survival with the your customized teams for i believe it's only four people so not that customized, I'm not gonna lie. Going off what I've read, uh, Heroes in the Brave Default 2 games, a strikingly beautiful RPG adventure, balanced balance risk and reward, and turn based battles with uh, with the Brave and Default commands. Retro Mania Wrestling, PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Retro Mania Wrestling is the official sequel to, to the classic arcade game WrestleFest. That was released in 1991 by Techno, Technos of Japan, and that is it for games oh, out this week. No, next week,
0: that is it. Of time for open critic head to head. Plenty to talk about on wee- our weekly review style podcast. It's time for open critic head to head. This is the game I self a moody player every single week where we try to guess the upcoming open critic average of over one. Upcoming game. Whoever guesses closest to the score gets one point. If you manage to guess the score correctly, you get two points. Last week, we tried to guess the upgrade average of a game we never heard of because there wasn't really anything coming out. Fallen Legion Revenants. I guessed it would get a 69 because I'm very mature. Moody guessed it would get a 70. And at the time of recording, Fallen Legion Revenants has an upgrade average of 57. So neither of us were class. But I was closest, which means I get the point. That puts the scores at Amy 3, Mooney 1 with 1 draw. This week, we can't do Persona 5 Strikers because the reviews came out fucking ages ago. (laughs) So we're going to do a much more volatile game based on... Previews and hands-on and demos and impressions by people. Bravely Default 2. So, Mooney, what do you think the open Critic average for Bravely Default 2 is going to be?
1: So, this game was not being developed by the same people who developed the first one, I believe. Um, I've gone off the previews and listening to people who have played this game. Because a lot of people have this game now, so obviously... Um, and they've like people have revealed, re- released previews of like playing fifteen hours or so, just over it, of the game and everything. My heart says, "Come on, I want this a good score for my fantasy critic." <laughs> um, my brain is seeing a different wise here. I don't think it's going to be in the 80s, where like the original one, because the original one is
0: very highly thought of. I'm going 75. I remember it was a 3DS game. Yeah. And I couldn't fucking play it because I never 3DS. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, Bravely Default's great. And I was like, motherfuckers! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Don't, but I'll that. be very surprised if you do not hear the original Bravely No, really Bravely Default was released on Switch, wasn't it? Maybe. That wasn't. The Switch
0: didn't exist when Bravely Default came out. I'm no, but didn't they, bra- out. didn't they port, didn't they port? it? It doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: Understand, yes, sir.
0: I think. It might be wrong if it isn't, or if
1: the original is not already on switch, I will not matter. be surprised
0: that's, if there's a port coming. That doesn't matter, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that it was incredibly frustrating that I couldn't play it at the time it came out. That's true. But you can play this one, Noemi. Yay, what was, what was your guess? Because I didn't, you yeah. 75. 75. Cool, this is a very confusing game, so I'll. I played the first demo of it, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty decent. And then I went on social media, and everyone was like, nah, mate, this sucks. And then I was like, yeah, does it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit tough, but demos for JRPGs are generally a bit tough. As we discussed earlier, they kind of just drop you in the middle of shit, and you've no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um and then like there was another demo and that apparently got made like was even worse, like people like thought it was even worse. And then there's trailers and the trailers have looked good and then but now people are getting previews and doing previews and there's lots of previews out there which are like, Hey, this is really good and I don't know what to think. <laughs> it's actually quite refreshing very, Yeah. In a way. Because normally I know what to think. <laughs> yeah. Like based on the narratives and the discourse. Like, it's very easy to know what to think going into a game about where it's probably going to end up. And, you know, games like Cyberpunk are the exception that prove the rule because, you know, they mislead people before the game comes out. Um, I just heard Keith's voice in my head. I'm not saying it, though, because it actually happened. Um, So where am I going to put this? Am I going to guess 69 three weeks running? No. No, I'm not going to do that. That'd be stupid. Am I gonna roll I the think, dice? Yeah, no, I, not after last time. I think you're gonna go higher than me. I am. I thought you did eighty. Mm. But mm. Hang on, eight out of ten. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be a fascinating one. It
1: is. It's gonna be a fascinating one. Like the yeah, it Interesting. The, it drops twenty six. So the reviews will come out on the twenty fifth, probably. Be well,
0: but most importantly. Wait until we. I talk about it on on a on a future weekly review because that's the most important review. I'm getting it as well. So because we don't put numbers on these things, right? Wait, I see well, you out that, there. The I see you that. out there, super giant games. While I was watching the last episode of, of the Hades documentary, around No clip going into all the reviews and scrolling straight down to the scores. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> Even the developers do that. <laughs> The numbers aren't that important. If they were, we wouldn't make a yeah. game. We wouldn't make <laughs> a dumb game out of it. <laughs> we're contradicting ourselves saying that because the numbers are important to us right now. Yeah, <laughs> we would if, if they were, if they were important, we wouldn't make a dumb game out of it. The game would be much more serious. <laughs> yeah. might be prices. It would be prices right rules then. <laughs> yeah, with prices right rules, and we'd have no <clears throat> points. Um, that's an idea. The two hundred forty fourth episode of the Words About Games podcast. Oh wow, we're almost to two hundred fifty. Yeah, no. Like people always say that. Like, like people always like, we're like, whoa, what are you gonna do for your milestone episode? And it's like, it's a news podcast. <laughs> Nothing. I'm, not I'm gonna, gonna, t- I'm gonna talk about the news. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna pop out the champagne while I'm also bitching about this company (laughs) yeah i'll wear a hat there we go how about that like i've got some carriers around here somewhere i'll I'll pop those on for 250 like even though you can't see the top of my head (laughs) like yeah it's always weird that one it's just like i'm gonna do nothing because this is a current of like both of the podcasts you do are current affairs podcasts like in different ways yeah it's like we're hit 250 and we'll I'll probably be talking about some stupid shit some company's done.
1: Might be talking about the CSR uh, fucking up big Probably Google. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Amazon. Probably Google.
0: Maybe yeah,
1: <laughs> Ubisoft have become even worse. I said something more politically stupid.
0: <laughs> we're making a game called Politics Simulator 2021, but it's not a political game.
1: It's where you vote to impeach a president, <laughs> but it's not a political.
0: I <laughs> it's the, it's going to be there among us, clone, and it's going to be like one of you, one of you, one one amongst you is a fascist, wannabe dictator, president.
1: <laughs> How fast are you thinking the big companies are oh, trying to do it among us? Clone? It's coming.
0: Clone. It's coming. It Who is. Who gets out first? Activision EO or you'll be soft. Or Ubisoft. 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 Ubisoft will get there first. Um, but they're coming. Like I'm just batting down hatches and wet, right? It always happens. I'm writing a I'm halfway through writing a video, I say, about indie games. And I literally bring the point up in the video where it's like, you know, like all of the big trends usually start or like in modern gaming usually start with indie games. It's where battle royales came from. <laughs> and then it's just who gets out first. That's just how it is. Epic Games got there first. Fortnite's the biggest one.
1: <laughs> Warzone does well. Like, I want, like Oh, no, there's
0: other ones that do well. The biggest one is usually the first one.
1: That is true. The
0: first AAA one. I just mm-hmm. preface that. Like, so, yeah, there's tons of social interaction. Social deduction, I think they've been calling them. There's tons of social deduction AAA games coming. And they're all going to... Be soulless. Soulless. <laughs> oh, yeah, can't wait till we have to play all of these games for the weekly review. You know what? No, we don't. We don't have to play anything for the weekly review.
1: No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Uh, before we uh, sign off, did you t- have you checked out the Mortal Kombat trailer? No, the hope, game. But... For the film.
0: Ah, oh, for the film. I think I've seen people talking about it. Yeah, first it leaked, know. and then one of us went, oh, well, we have to release it now, so... <laughs>
1: it's
0: a shame Naughty Dog didn't do that with The Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: say this right now, because I have no no sense on it. I'm seeing a lot of people go, oh, I'm going, oh, my God. Do that face cool the f- the trailer was meh i'm not gonna lie i'm just gonna be honest with you it was right well like- you
0: remember those, right you- all right the trailer might have been meh but right. if you think of like movies as a whole right and the bar is about here for movies as a whole right so like you have a hype trailer you have a not so hype trailer you have a bad trailer right Video game movies, right? The bar is. Let's see. That was where I put not so good movies. So the bar for those is about here somewhere. Video viewers will notice they can't see my hand anymore. <laughs> so, like, if anything, like, surpasses that bar in any way,
1: It's a good. Yeah, it looks good.
0: Remember <laughs> when people game of all time? <laughs> remember when people thought because Assassin's Creed and Warcraft. Remember when people thought those were going to be amazing? And you know what? Trailers were trashed. Trailers were trashed. Like, the trailers weren't great, out.
1: but they, they looked good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Warcraft at the cinema with my partner. I literally got home and I literally went to my PC and did a ranty review on it. Nice. I was so annoyed at that film. The film
0: was terrible, Warcraft. So crap. So bad. Video game movies aren't good. I'm sorry if, yes. if you haven't realized right. that yet.
1: Sonic was alright. Tomb Raider was alright as well. Yeah, but alright, right. oh, come yeah. on.
0: alright, is that what we do?
1: Yeah, we deserve compared to, what, compared to the original Mortal Kombat, alright is freaking Oscar level.
0: This is—you <laughs> just did it. You just did the thing. <laughs> you literally just did the thing. <laughs> That's the thing.
1: People are still hyped for this thing. I was just thinking, guys, the bar was not high. Let's for them to jump over, for this to be at least an okay movie, to
0: be better than the original like, Mortal Kombat, because the original Mortal Kombat was is one of the worst movies ever made. The issue is right, and this is probably more a your podcast than my podcast kind of deal t- discussion. But the issue is right that all they have to do is put out a trailer that looks all right, and they'll make their money back. Like we need to demand more from these films. I highly disagree with that. We need to demand more from these fucking video game films because people will go and see them because it's, it's Assassin's Creed or Warcraft or fucking, I don't know, what other video? The Tomb Raider? Assassin's Creed did not break even, I can guarantee you. Oh, look, man, you fucking pedant. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I'm Keith. just proving
1: your argument wrong there, sweetheart. That's all. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, the trailer was very nostalgic. For the, it was aimed at people who... Love Mortal Kombat. Like you see, you hear the get over here, and they do look authentic when it comes to the looks for like Sub Zero and uh, all the other stuff. But it's very, it's very Mortal Kombat. It just the story, oh, I'll say this right now the storyline mode for Mortal Kombat, they're crap. They aren't great stories, they're so over the top. That's that good. They, for a film yes. because it means they can do their own fucking thing. <laughs> the more people are more hi- happy about this cuz the, the more thing the only people the thing are happy about this movie is cuz it's raw all, all rated and at the end they, they 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 say finish him and they do all these things to do the finish him things and it's just like oh, I know like, what you are going for. I know who you, you call, I know who you anyway, at the end of the day they are talking to their audience. Um
0: and the trailer just, isn't for me. Let me the just have you um, budget for Assassin's Creed: one hundred and twenty-five million dollars estimated. Camilla, if worldwide gross two hundred and forty million dollars. What? What? What was it? One hundred and what? One hundred and twenty-five million dollars estimate. And how much did it make? Worldwide gross two hundred and forty million
1: dollars. Guarantee you did not break even, sweetheart.
0: Me 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 me.
1: Proof. You it. need at least to make about million well, to, to break even there. Facts
0: don't care about your feelings <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here i <laughs> oh no um yeah say bye emmy no i want to talk okay. i want to talk more about how bad video game movies are but well, no i problems. feel like i've hit that button a million times stop watching them There you go. That's it. Instead of saying bye, I'm just going to say stop watching video game movies. Stop it. Stop it.